Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show today. Uh, we have been doing a short series on worship, and of course, we we don't mean just that time of singing on Sunday morning, and, and nor do we mean just Sunday morning, although we've been talking a lot about that. We mean all of life. All of life is either worship or idolatry, and, and we're talking about this series because of the upcoming conference, September 17th and 18th. It's our annual Reformation Boise Conference. Be Thou My Vision is the theme this year. Dr. Robert Godfrey, Dr. Terry Johnson are coming uh, to speak on this. Did I, did I mess up? You, you said something that just has me um, perplexed. Okay, go you ahead. You said all of worship is either worship. All of life. Did all I say it life, wrong? All of life is either worship or idolatry. Yes. But idolatry is worship. All of life is either worship of God or oh, idolatry. Oh, good, 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 good. <laughs> because that's the problem. Yes. Yep. We were made to be worshipers. Yeah, absolutely. And we will worship something. Yeah, it's not yes. a matter of whether you will worship. Yes. It's a matter of what you will worship. Okay, sorry. Remember, remember I got the, lost in that little... No, yeah. I'm glad you clarified. Maybe there's somebody else that well, was confusing. Well, remember that Jesus said, and this is in uh, chapter 4 of John's Gospel, in G, the encounter between Jesus and the woman at the well. Uh, Jesus said the Father is seeking worshipers mm-hmm. who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Yeah. And behind that is the implication. Everybody worships, yeah. the, but the Father is seeking those who will worship in spirit and in truth. Yeah. The same, the same kind of presupposition is behind the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before yes. me. The right. presupposition is that you will have a God. Uh, what the first commandment prohibits is that you have any other God besides right. the Lord God. Yes. Okay, so we're talking about worship of the true God. <laughs> Uh, because of this conference coming up. Go to Reformation Boys so you can find all the details there. So we're kind of g- going through each of their sessions to kind of give a primer uh, for you, what kind of to expect, or maybe, I mean, maybe we're going to be, maybe people are going to come up to us at the conference and say, you guys totally missed it. That's totally not what they talked about. <laughs> Is that possible? You you say that like that that's would be weird that we would miss it. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, so yesterday we talked about the call to worship. Today um, is going to be on the second session in the conference, which is the challenges to worship. So if you are going to preach this session, what do you think are the greatest challenges to worship? If I was uh, speaking to this, I, you know, as we've already talked about, we all worship something. We're, you know, and We're either going to worship God or we're going to worship something else. And I think that what the biggest challenges are is we bring we bring certain things to worship that aren't that shouldn't be there. There's a there's a selfish focus to worship. There's an unbiblical approach to worship. There's an indifferent approach to worship. There's a half-hearted approach uh, to worship. A, a legalistic or a try an attempt 
to perfections in worship that, um, you know, when God is simply calling us personally there. So I think that there are aspects that I would probably touch on. Sure. I, I think one of the greatest challenges to worship uh, today is the the temptation to uh, reduce worship to a form of entertainment, mm. kind of kind of a, a spiritual or, or religious uh, entertainment, and um, that that temptation is especially strong t- today because people are accustomed uh, to watching television. They're they're accustomed to really well, they're accustomed to entertainment, and there is a temptation uh, to worship leaders to uh, cave into that. And uh, now I, I want to say, on the other hand. Worship should be engaging. It should be quality. Uh, the music that we do should be the, the best that we can give to God. Our, our preaching should be, we, we want to offer the, the best that we have. Uh, we, we want the worship service to be quality from beginning to end, uh, but not entertainment. And, and sometimes that's a, that's a fine line, and I, I think that's one of the greatest temptations in worship today. I realize that as I'm thinking about this question, that there are just so many challenges to worship. Um, whether it's the idea of where you're seeking an experience, Jonathan had just a, a great list of different challenges. I mean, the challenge can be that you're at the place of worship, but not actually there. That you 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 are simply going through the 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 motions of you know feeling the sense of obligation to go to, to church, but not truly engaging in what's happening. There's always the, the challenge of making worship about you, mm-hmm. um, about what you're going to get and forgetting that worship is about the glory of God. Mm-hmm. There's the, the challenge of the idols that we bring that don't let us focus on God. Uh, maybe it's the idols of our family or the idols of appearance or the idol of the work that we do throughout the rest of the week that doesn't allow us to set that aside to, to focus on God. I mean, I think there are so many different things that compete for our time, attention, and affections that make worship difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's the, the hymn that Jonathan quoted yesterday, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, um, Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Yeah, and I think that applies to worship. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think again, I would I would go from the general to the specific because, you know, g- growing up for me, not having um, a comprehensive Christian worldview, I-, I believed kind of that the Lord's day was when we worshipped, and then the other six days a week is when we kind of could do whatever we want to do. And I think the Ten Commandments give us a, a great roadmap um, showing us that worship involves all of life. So just quickly going through them, the first commandment requires that we worship God exclusively. The second commandment requires that we worship God in truth, without images. Third commandment, that we would worship Him uh, sincerely, 
uh, not vain. That fourth commandment that we'd worship God with all of our time, not just the, the Sabbath, but the other six days a week. The fifth commandment is that we worship God with all of our authorities. The sixth with all of life. The seventh with all of sex. The eighth with all of our property. The ninth with all of our speech. And then the tenth with all of our desire. And so generally speaking, there's just simply no part of our life that God doesn't demand that we worship him in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the challenge, therefore, is thinking that there's some neutral ground that we have that God doesn't speak into. Mm-hmm. Let me give you one example. We were driving home the other day, and I was turning this corner. It wasn't on a super busy street, and there was this tape measure that was all destroyed in, in the road. And the, the the danger is that right where it was at, it could puncture somebody's tires because the metal was sticking up and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I pulled over quickly, I grabbed it, and I, and I threw it in the trash can that was right there in this empty lot. And I got back in my car and I said, now children, why did I get out of my car and throw that away. And Jonathan, my youngest son said, because dad, you're loving your neighbor as yourself. And that's worship right there. I mean, that's mm-hmm. one aspect of worship. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and I would say there, there's also a, there should be in the Christian life a, a special time of personal worship each day. There are those moments that you're, like you're talking about when you just spontaneously did an act of loving your neighbor. But in the same way as we've talked about special time on the Lord's Day on Sunday, believer have a, have a special time of worship. And I think the morning is best when you first wake up. Uh, and I always say to my congregation, it's actually, for me, it's the second thing I do. Uh, I get my coffee first mm-hmm. and uh, so that I'm awake and uh, then spend some time worshiping the Lord. And uh, just for about a half hour, 45 minutes, uh, I'm engaged in personal worship to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I would say, if, if you're having a hard time engaging on Sunday morning, if worship is not meaningful to you on Sunday morning, maybe it's because your worship life during the week is lacking. And I don't mean to just, you know, beat up on people about that or, or put a burden of guilt on you. Um, it, it's, it's a gift. If, if you want Sunday morning worship to be all that it can be, make sure you're in worship during the week. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the, the great helps that you can have for the challenge of, of not truly being in worship, even though you're physically there mm-hmm. is I, I think sometimes we take for granted you know, this idea of the, the need for preparation. Yes. Um, so me, I personally, as a pastor, Sunday morning is the day I wake up the earliest um, because I want time on Sunday morning to be able to, to, to go through my entire sermon and, and allow that sermon to, to permeate my heart and mind before I preach it. But that's not just something for, for the pastor. That should be everybody in the congregation. I know the temptation is to say, but it's the morning I can sleep in a little bit longer. And so the challenge is to say, well, what's the latest I can possibly sleep till and still get to church on time? Mm-hmm. But this would be a wonderful time to set the alarm maybe just a little bit earlier than what you have been and take a moment to, to read through the passage. I mean, if you're in a church where they do expository preaching, I'm pretty confident that you know the text that's coming. And so take some time and read through it and pray through it and prepare your heart um, for what's coming in worship. Mm -hmm. Amen. 
You know, um, that what you just said, Russ, reminded me. There's there's an old uh, this this isn't original to me, but uh, do you know you know what Satan's favorite hour of the week is? Satan's favorite hour of the week is the hour before worship on Sunday morning. Mm. Uh, how many times has there been an argument in the car mm-hmm. on the way to worship, mm-hmm. um, or as you are getting ready and getting uh, kids out the getting, door, getting kids out the door, and Maybe sometimes a, a little bit of t- tension, not only with the kids, but t- tension between husband and wife. Uh, that is Satan's favorite hour of the week mm-hmm. to to get you distracted before you come to worship. Yeah. And, and not in a legalistic way, but are, I mean, I think there's a good question to ask. Are there some things that you can take off the, the plate yes. for Sunday morning that can be put on Saturday that will make Sunday preparation for worship easier to do? I mean, can you lay out your clothes? Can you make sure that the clothes that, that people are going to be wearing are ironed? Can um, you do Pop-Tarts instead of a nine-course breakfast? <laughs> can, can you find your children's shoes that apparently they decide every other Sunday to hide till the next week? And so you're scrambling. I don't know how many times on a Sunday morning when my kids were young that I spent looking for shoes. Yes. Just little things. Um, uh, I get it. I had a busy home, I, too, but... Just help yeah, the, lessen the I, stress. I think that uh, you know God, God wants our whole being in worship, and so one of the things is that we have to really be. The challenge is to give wholehearted worship uh, to the Lord, rather than just kind of be being half there. And that and that may be when when you're when you're actually singing His praises. Don't worry about what other people are thinking. Yeah. Sing it out. Right. Sing, you're singing to Him. Amen. Well, you've been listening to The Gospel for Life. Go to ReformationBoise.com. You can find all the details about the conference as well as register for free. Don't want to miss it. We will see you next time.